right. So uh, this is our first installment of e-commerce uh, this year for the 2021 fall term. And uh, here we have Scott, who is uh, an e-commerce professional working at Shopify. So before we begin, let's uh, tell the uh, viewers a little bit about yourself, Scott. Yeah, thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, great to be on with, uh, with you today. Uh, so yeah, my name is Scott Saragusa. I've, uh, I've been at Shopify for almost five and a half years now. I think in a month, it'll be, it'll be my five and a half years, which is crazy to think. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, grew up in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, uh, went to Laurier, did my BBA there. Um, I didn't do co-op, uh, which maybe we'll get into later uh, if people are, are interested in that. Um, and then I worked actually at the university uh, for a year afterwards as a paraprofessional in the Department of Residence, and then uh, started my career at Shopify in uh, in 2016. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, co-op, the applications, like the results just came out. So maybe okay. a few students would like to know about that. But yeah, so uh, what is your role specifically at Shopify where you work? Yeah, so uh, it's currently uh, an upgrades coach is what, what we call it. Um, so I actually started and I've held a few different roles at Shopify. So I started in, in what we called outbound sales and then uh, moved into what we refer to as the expanding segment. So outbound sales was primarily cold calling, um, stuff like that, like cold outreach. And then when I went into the expanding role, uh, we kind of did a resegmentation of our, of our entire uh, strategy. And I started working with some of our larger clients. So working with people who had like 10 to $25 million of online revenue coming from a competitive platform uh, to Shopify or um, anywhere north of, I think it was like $50 million of, of total, total revenue. Um, and then, yeah, just about over, uh, just a little over two years ago, I became an upgrades coach. And, and what that actually means uh, is I lead a team of what is 11 people right now uh, who are selling uh, the Shopify software to, to people who are currently on the, the Shopify platform and looking to upgrade to that uh, enterprise level plan. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And like, yeah. so out of university, how did you like decide, oh, this is the direction I wanted to go? Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't actually have a really great, uh, <laughs> a great answer to this, um, because I kind of just fell into it. So I went, um, I had kind of a weird career trajectory uh, from Laurier. So I went into it thinking I'm going to get my CPA. Uh, I think it was just a CA at the, at the time, but it ended up being a CPA. Um, I took my first intermediate accounting class and I was like, ah, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, so I ended up uh, kind of pivoting. I went into like the more creative side. Uh, it's part of like my personality. I love photography and things like that. And so I was like, oh, maybe marketing is the way I wanted to go. And so I ended up in, in fourth year specializing in brand communications and, and marketing. Um, thinking about that. And as I was working at Laurier, I thought like, you know what, like, I really do want to do this. I want to get into marketing. And so started meeting with some industry professionals, some people who have done this before. And then I kept hearing this, like, Hey, like you should think about sales. Like you, you might be really good at it. Um, and so I kind of just felt like I was like, okay, I, I need a job. And so uh, my aunt and uncle were like, Hey, have you heard of this Shopify company? And I was like, no, like, I don't really know what e-commerce is. And I didn't really know what it was a couple interviews in. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I was just like, okay, like maybe, maybe I'll just apply and, and try sales and, and whatever. Uh, and so I kind of just like fell into to my lap and, and I absolutely love it now. I couldn't mm -hmm. imagine being anywhere but tech uh, or e-commerce uh, for that matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. It seems like a lot of like your friends and family like pushed you towards doing stuff yeah. like this because they see like parts of your personality, like, and that like goes into my next question, which is like, 
how did your time at Laurier really like set you up for like a successful entry into your career path now? Yeah. Um, well, I think I'll, I'll touch right, like back on that, like uh, co-op thing. Like so, so much of like, so much of the pressure that folks put on themselves early on in their, their university career is co-op. Um, don't get me wrong. Co-op is amazing. Uh, if you can get into it and, and it works out, like you get a lot of great experience, you get a lot of connections and things like that. Uh, but if you didn't, don't let that stop you. I never did co-op. I actually didn't even apply for it um, because I, I wanted to do other things and I wanted to spend my time uh, really going deeper into the like the enjoyment aspect of it and, and working for like and trying unique things because we often think like, okay, I'm singular focused. Like, and if I would have done co-op, I probably would have done accounting and I probably would have just tried to do like one of the big five or whatever it is now uh, and go into that. Um, but I got involved. I did like intramurals. I was uh, a part of like the donning and, and locust communities. And I did stuff at like school um, that broadened my network and, and got me the soft skills. And so when I think about it now and, and how I hire today for, for folks that are coming out of, of school, like there's things that I can teach and there's things that I can't teach. And so my, my like how Laurier set me up for success is like, it got me those experiences that like people can't teach you. They can't teach you like how to be a personable human being. It can't teach you how to work hard. It can't teach you like, I don't want to teach people those things, but like Laurie taught me those things because, because I was so involved, I had to get my schoolwork done really quickly and I had to do it efficiently. I had to do those things to fit it all in to, to do the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Laurie kind of set me up for success in, in those ways. Yeah. That, that sounds like, a really good response like that that really embodies what the student life is you know balancing yeah. academics and like uh extracurriculars which like yeah. really leads into my next question so what skills are needed to work in such like a high volume and demanding sector of business like e-commerce um so there's i would say there's a, a few things that are are really important um and, I, and it also kind of depends on like what area you're going into right like if so for example, we have like R&D and, and our developer team. You need to know computer science. You need to know certain coding languages. I assume most people that are going to be watching this probably aren't in the comp sci uh, stuff. There's, there might be though. Um, so there's going to be things that, again, you have to be aware of at that. Mm-hmm. Um, big big types of, of things that I would, um, I would recommend for, for folks is like curiosity is always such an important one so like ask questions uh we get into such a a mindset of like taking something as as face value and when we're thinking about like okay from a product standpoint we need to ask like why is this important how is this going to impact our merchant base how is this going to like progress down the line to make this an impactful thing that people want and will continue to want and how is this going to make it stick for shopify versus a competitor or versus someone like that Whereas like on a sales side, I need to know impact. I need to know why we're thinking about like, why is someone going to spend exponentially more money to buy my software than what they're currently using right now? Or maybe it's not more, but what pain points are they experiencing and how are they going to like leverage that into there? So like curiosity is is such a big one. Um, Business acumen, I would say is another one. And that's kind of a broad term, but it's something that I would say like, the the laurier courses and like the ability to take like like the strategy courses the brand communication the finance courses like it's all really great however like the the people who have seen b 
be most successful out of these have the ability to link them together. How does like the financial component of a company work with the strategy? Um, how does the marketing component get them more acquisitions? And like, how are they thinking about like, okay, if I have um, my total profit of this, how am I going to spend that next year? And then you have to think like a business owner. And that's like, that's what business acumen is to me. It's like, it's understanding how a holistic business operates and knowing what to do with that. Because at the end of the day, like Shopify is a great platform from the most basic plan to our enterprise plan and the reality of it is, is like when you're thinking about that um as a whole like there could be something going on in, in someone's world right like there could be like especially with covid like people have had manufacturing issues i'm sure most people who are going to watch this have had something delayed by like from an online shopping experience because the manufacturing wasn't correct and so like understanding that like there's a fire somewhere else in their business and here's how we're going to fix it today uh or here's how we're going to work with that and so uh, curiosity, business acumen, um, in a remote world, I would say self-awareness is, is super important too. Uh, and that's something that like everyone on that's going to watch this should be thinking about because the, the biggest companies are going to be going remote. Like they're going to be like decentralizing this because they can get better talent. They can go other places. They can expand and explore and, and do that kind of stuff. But, um, as a lead, when I have people come to me and they're like, Scott, I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, great. Like that helps me understand that. But when I was in an office, like I could see someone struggling with something. I could see them come out of a call booth and be like, oh, that was the worst call ever uh, and, and struggle with that. But I can't see that right now. So some self-awareness to know like, okay, these things are, aren't going the way that we wanted them to. And, and here's how we're going to fix it. Or here's the solution behind it are, are super important. So um, I would say like, those are probably the three main things that I would, I would, uh, would touch on for, for any folk looking to get into it and, and keeping up with the pace um, because you have to be self-aware and then obviously like hard work and, and having that work ethic to like do the stuff when you need to is, is instrumental as well. Yeah. A lot of the points that you touched on, I'm cause I'm a second year right now in the BBA program yeah. and there's a lot of what I'm learning in my organizational behavior course, which is yes. really interesting to see like how oh the stuff you learn at Lori actually can be used in totally. like a real life career. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and, and you'll you'll take a you'll take a course in third or fourth year called uh, information management technology or something something like that. Uh, and it was the first time I heard of like like ERPs and IMS and OMS and all these acronyms that basically work with the back end of of technologies um, to know and and understand and have a good sense of what that looks like. Um, that's a great course to pay attention to. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep a lookout. Maybe. Maybe yeah. I'll definitely take that course in third or fourth year. Yeah, so uh, let's move on. So my, I did a little bit of a LinkedIn search about you, Scott, yeah. <laughs> like just, just to you know, check out. And um, I noticed that there was a mention of this thing called Shopify Plus on uh, yes. like what, what you're working on. So uh, what is Shopify Plus and how does it like benefit merchants around the world? Yeah. So Shopify and Shopify Plus are, are like, the, it's the same company. Um, Shopify Plus is the, is the plan specifically that I work on. So Shopify Plus is the enterprise level plan. Um, and typically working with merchants that are varying in complexity and, and size. Um, but we have merchants that are doing 500,000 through our platform. And we also have multi, like hundreds of millions of dollars of, of revenue going through it too. And so um, it kind of will depend on like where they are. Um, but when we think about like why people are, are choosing Shopify, it's, it's for a number of reasons. Um, 
simplicity is is a big one. The e-commerce industry, um, kind of up until Shopify started, and, and even even a little bit after that, was dominated by players who who felt that custom solutions were the way to go because it had to be built exactly for you versus someone else versus someone else. Um, whereas like Shopify completely debacled that and said like no like we can build for eighty percent of our merchant base and have an ecosystem similar to like your iPhone or Android or whatever, where you'll have the hardware and then you can add apps on top of it to personalize it for you. And so that's the value of Shopify, right? Is that 80% of what you're going to need as a business, regardless of what your size is, should be within Shopify. Mm -hmm. And the 20% that relates to you as a company will be able to be added on through either a custom application, uh, application that's already in there. Um, so that the ease of use is, is imperative to how like we go to market. It's in, it's so important for, for our, our part. Um, scalability is another one. Uh, because we have folks on our platform that have just made their first sale today and people who have made their hundred million sale this year, um, that's the difference is that like mm -hmm. people can rely on Shopify to stay up at their peak seasons. And so I'm sure you're familiar with Kylie Jenner. Um, she did her flash sales through Shopify, doing millions of dollars every, like every other minute. Uh, and, and things like that. And so as you're thinking about that, it's, it's scalability, reliability, ease of use. Um, and then the ability to like integrate and, and like make it your own, like you're, you're so much of, of in, in your world and, and the customer experience that you're creating. Um, and then when you think about like upgrading, there's like automation partnership, um, and other value props that we have that we go to market with, um, that you'll be able to, to see. Yeah, so Shopify Plus is not only for like big corporations or like Kylie Jenner type people. It's yeah. for like the smaller business owners as well. Yeah, so typically we'll like you'll see like some people who are just starting go on our, our basic plans, like our, our normal Shopify plans. And then as they start to scale with complexities of their businesses, they're integrating these ERP systems or other business systems. Then you'll want to be on Shopify Plus to, to have those automation logic or those automation rules into, uh, into the, your systems. Yeah. Okay, that sounds perfect. That sounds really interesting. I didn't know Shopify had like that extra boost that uh, for yeah. business owners. Yeah. So that really works into my next question, which is uh, how is Shopify keeping up with the competitors in the industries, especially with giants like, you know, Amazon? Yeah. Um, it's so Amazon and Shopify are, are very different. Uh, and, and there's obviously a lot of competition. Uh, in terms of like traffic, uh, Shopify actually just passed uh, Amazon for the most online traffic, uh, I think in Q3, uh, mm -hmm. which is super exciting. So in Q3, for anyone that doesn't know, is our third quarter of the year. Uh, we basically break it down into four quarters. Um, so as we're like thinking about the competition, like there's kind of two trains of thoughts that you can think about this is like it's feature parity or like leading the way. And so when we think about like how Shopify has gone to market with things like there's things that the industry will say like, hey, we, we need this. And then Shopify's questioning like, do you actually need this? Or is it something that like someone has told you that you need it? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about it, like we don't often try and emulate any competitor. We try and lead the way. We try and make something that like people need to have um, and create a network effect out of that. And so that's a big component of the Shopify platform and having over a million merchants work with us is that uh, when we think about... Um, when we think about our uh, our merchant base and like how we're going forward, it's like trying to keep people in inside of our Shopify. And so, for example, we have 
various things that, that are going to help people. We have um, a point of sale system. We have an online platform. We have a fulfillment network that we're starting to engage with and try and get people to like use Shopify as a one-stop shop as well. Um, but there's certain things that will always be completely different uh, and that's okay too. And so it's, it's a little bit uh, about like leading, leading the way versus following a, co- a competitor. Yeah. I just saw that article actually about like Shopify exceeding Amazon, which is yeah. really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. So um, relating more to like what's happened in the past year, like how has the pandemic affected the e-commerce industry as a whole? And what have you noticed the most in this past year in the e-commerce merchant numbers specifically? Yeah, um, um, it's been very good, like for for online stuff, like because we like, especially for folks that are in Canada, if, if anyone international will see this, there's various lockdowns, various regulations, various things, and, and people still need stuff, right? And so uh, we had big conglomerates that were brick and mortar only start to come online. We had people who were mom and pop shops who had never sold online figure out that like the only way I'm going to keep my business alive is to, is to start an online store. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about like how the correlation of the pandemic went to, to a, an e-commerce company, regardless of Shopify, people were fleeing to it. They had to do something because that was their only option. And now as we start to see things open back up again and, and go from there, we can start to see a little bit more of a balance, but the customer experience that people are presenting in store versus online is starting to have some parity. Like they're starting to try and get people to have really good experiences online. And that's everything from like notifications to shipping, to getting them the information on where they want to and, and how they want to get it. And so, uh, yeah, the past year uh, definitely spiked for a lot of, of people online sale. Um, but again, it depends on their business model. If they were mostly brick and mortar, they're obviously going to see, excuse me, larger, larger fluctuations for online. Um, but if they had no brick and mortar, then maybe they didn't see that much of a, an online uptick. Um, but it really depends on, on who the business is and, and their business model kind of going forward. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, we're on to our last questions. I know you've been talking yeah. for a while. Your voice <laughs> is getting a little dry, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my last question, um, where do you see the e-commerce sector now and where do you see it going in the future? So in like 10, 20 years? Yeah, um, the e-commerce industry now is like, I would say that the um, the pandemic pulled us up till about 10 years. Uh, from now, like where, where we probably would have gone would have been like 2028 to, you know, somewhere around that time frame um, in terms of like the functionality, because it was a must, we had to do something about it. And so um, there's a lot of things that, that will continue to go. But I think like when, we, when I think about it forward thinking, it's going to depend on macro trends, right? And there's so macroeconomics is going to be something that I'm sure a lot of people hated at, at Laurier. Uh, not too many people love that class, but uh, you have to think about like where where the world is going and how we have to think about getting it there. And so again, leading back to my answer for one of the previous questions, like we can kind of trend set, right? Like Shopify is thinking about like, what are we going to need in the future? Or what are we going to need, you know, in five, 10, 15, 20 years? Um, and like, there's obviously a, a big boom on cryptocurrencies right now. I see that probably being a major component of, of what can be done. Um, but I would also say that we're going to start expanding and, and like as the world evolves in terms of what is needed, how it's going to be needed, um, there's going to be fulfillment that's going to be like 
tighter line with with process. Uh, and Amazon has this down. I can't I can't deny that when you can get something in one to two days um, or even same day sometimes. Like that is next level service. And it's a reason why people keep going back to it. Um, and so independent brands have to get there too. They have to figure out how to, how to get their product closer to the people who are buying them so that they can get it to them quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I see that becoming a really big component of that. Um, and then I would also say like internationalization is, is going to be a huge component of, of people's strategies moving forward too. Like the world, uh, especially through the pandemic, got really, uh, really small. And so we we are thinking about where where can I get something? Does it have to be from North America? Does it have to be from Canada? And how can I go to market with uh, with my products and and send it across the the sea? Um, and I'll give you an example on that. Like when people were thinking about like like surfing and surfboards or like board shorts or like let's say summer wear. Like the the hard part is like as a Canadian resident, like we can really only wear that stuff, you know, four months of the year. But if you're a Canadian company, like you got to think about selling that to Australia, trying to get it down south where like they have different seasons. So you can balance out your uh, your busy season. So it's not Mm -hmm. all predicated on one time of year. And so like spreading out the love through the rest of the year to decrease or decouple the risk that your business has. Mm -hmm. All right. That was like the perfect answer. Like it really just shows how much has the pandemic has forced businesses to adapt. Right. And totally. it's like a perfect example of that, especially yeah. doing so well during the pandemic. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So those are all my questions. Um, is there anything you would like to tell a laureate student that's uh, interested in starting a career in e-commerce? Yeah. Um, I think like the, if, if anyone is looking to start, uh, I, I would, love to have them reach out to me over LinkedIn or, or anything like that. I'd be happy to chat with, uh, with folks. I think the, the biggest thing that we can start to see with, with folks getting into the industry is that like, it doesn't matter where you start, just start. Um, don't let perfect be the, like, get in the way of, of good or great, right? Like you start an online store, give it a try. Like you can sign up for a 14 day trial of, of Shopify and, and just play around with it, play around, see what a business is working with, how they would use it and get yourself in that mindset. Um, Cause once you're in the mindset of a merchant who's actually selling it, uh, it, it provides a different viewpoint. And, and when you're thinking about a competitive landscape for um, interviews and things like that, uh, it's going to differentiate you. You're going to actually understand a little bit more about like how an application is working inside of Shopify, how, this email marketing platform is working, how Shopify is working or how someone in the industry is, is doing things or even an agency partner, for example, uh, that builds websites, like how, how they operate and how they interact is going to be super important. Um, but yeah, I would say like, just try. Like if, if you're looking at getting in, like my best advice would be like, try and start your own online store and use the investment for a couple months and see how it works. See if you can get your first sale. Um, and that will be the, the best way to get into it. All right, perfect. So thank you so much for taking the time, Scott. That was that was like a awesome uh, conversation with you. And yeah, so that concludes our first episode. Um, so I guess this is where we sign off now. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, bye.